Welcome to Shapiro World, populated, of course, by David Shapiro from Sasfin Securities. David, it's been a really good start to the new week right. with, in thin volumes, the JSE, as we pre-record this interview, up around about three and a quarter percent. That's the all-share futures, I might add. But it's coming off the back of a really poor week on Wall Street, where the Dow Jones lost a thousand points. And it's naturally right. going to bounce back today, according to the futures. But is it a dead cat bounce and just a realignment? What do you think? Start with Dow Jones tonight. We don't know. You know, I, I think that maybe the sell-off has been, uh, has been a little too severe and it needs to bounce. But what's worrying me is that we haven't had a succession of gains. Every time we see a bounce, the next day it goes back. So there's a little bit of concern in the market. I'm, funny, I'm not, I'm not that negative. I, but I, I always have to qualify myself. I don't mean, you know, when I say I'm not that negative, I'm not grossly over-optimistic either. I don't believe that markets are going to run away from these levels. It's just too much for us to navigate and get through, which includes a very difficult-to-understand Trump. Um, I'm also worried about maybe his plan of reducing interest rates and the hope that growth would almost offset all the negatives of it. I, I don't think it's going to work. So I think it's going to be a tough ride up there, but I still favor us being in a better position next year than we are now. And Lindsay, I must once more say, you know, yes. I don't look for a lot in the markets. I only look for a real return. In other words, a return in dollars that's maybe higher than the inflation rate. So, you know, I can live with anything around 5 6 7% gain if we can get that. And I think there's enough in some of the tech stocks and some of the equities to give us that. But I mean, I'm not you know, I'm not wildly bullish that this is a, a runaway market ahead of us. It's just that I think uh, it'll be decent. But um, to, to read it on a day-to-day -day basis is, is so hard. And I've been struggling, you know, the whole of today to make sense of the JSE. You know, I know we, we're talking about the uh, U.S. markets, but uh. in that you've got the oil price as well, which is uh, an unknown factor. And, you know, halfway through the year I was tempted to – to look at something like Sassel locally in an effort to try and pop up portfolios here. And luckily I didn't. You know, luckily I didn't. I believed some of the research that, that oil was going to stabilize around the 80s level and, yeah. you know, even pick up higher. And, you know, uh, you know this, this oil price thing is amazing. Goldman Sachs is, is, is a classic example. Whether they're front-running, whether they're putting out things after their clients have been positioned for whatever thing they've put out, I don't know. But they consistently get it wrong. When yeah. the oil price is $80 a barrel or $82 a barrel, Brent crude, you couldn't get a seller. Everyone was buying. No, and now no. you can't find a buyer. It's all over. No. And Mr. Trump takes um, – sorry, President Trump. I won't call him Mr. I'll call him President Trump has taken credit mm. for the fact that this thing has come down precipitously. Because he spoke to the Saudis. It's not, it's not the Saudis. It's the American output that is up and so is Russian. And Saudis have boosted uh, production. I'm not sure of the background there. But I must talk to you on the Goldman Sachs because I've just been reading the article now that their analyst is now bullish and said that, you know, the, the sell-off is uh, he's undaunted by the fall. He sees mm. a bounce. He reckons Putin's going to meet the Saudis at the G20. And, he's uh, long. Metals, you know, well, sure, sure. You know, he sees oil, gold and base metals all picking up. And on the same strength, you know, I was 
I was tempted feeling, listen, I've called this completely wrong. Um, I wasn't that optimistic on metals. I wasn't that optimistic on resources. And halfway, you know, a couple of months ago, I was saying, well, maybe I should start to increase some there and put some resources in portfolios. Well, lo and behold, Sassel, which started the year, and I have to relate this in, in, in most of our miners, but, you yeah. know, Sassel, which started the year uh, at about 380 or something, sorry, at 420, well, it's back to those levels now, having been at one stage almost 40% up, you know, from, from its lows. There was a huge gain in Sassel. It's, it's given it all back. And in, in, and in record it. time as well, much, much quicker yes, than it, yes. did, it took to get to that level. It's come down yeah. so fast. And you've always said in your tweets and when we've been on the show together, you said resources, you don't under, well, you don't, it's not that you don't understand them. You just can't trade them. They're too volatile. no. no. That's the same things happened with Anglos. The same things happened with Billiton, um, you know, BHP. Because I was looking at Anglos as well. Anglos was the top, you know, was up thirty six percent. It was one of the supports of the JSC's run. You know, uh, sorry, I won't say run because it hasn't been doing anything. But it was a support pillar for the JSC. It's completely gone. It's up like six percent on the year and there. Yeah. So we've had a huge fall in resources over the last month. And you know, it leaves you shaken. You say, "Well, what do I do now? You know, is it real? I don't. I I think China's slowing down. I uh, I'm concerned about demand for commodities. I don't see uh, a very strong underlying demand continuing. And today we had uh, iron ore prices finally gave way. Uh, we're limit down in China this morning as well. They've been holding up incredibly well, and that's one of the reasons. Like Asor and Kumba are uh, in a very strong local market. That's why they're under quite a bit of pressure today. Yes. Simply that iron ore has has given up some of its gains. Okay, before so, we get to the JSC in mm, more detail, I mean, aside from yeah, resources, which yeah, we've already covered, sorry. let's have a no. It's fine. It was a nice interlude. The, um, the the political situation worries me somewhat. Can I read you a tweet that I saw mm. from uh, one Julius Malema today? I'm just going to get it up on my on my Twitter feed, and hopefully I don't lose you. Here we go. This is from Julius Silo Malema. He says, uh, opening a criminal case against Pravin Gordon tomorrow, 27th of November, 2018, 11 a.m. at Brooklyn Police Station. Charges will include money laundering, corruption, racketeering, fraud contravention of Intelligent Act, prevention of combating of corruption activities and perjury. And on it goes. And of course... Pravin Gordon has come back with his own thing, defamation of character, etc. But when you look at people that are inexperienced, like Donald Trump and like Julius Malema, doesn't it make you a little bit scared? Totally. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I, I mean, we can start with Trump. Um, I, I think Greenspan hasn't got the name that he had years ago and uh, is much derided by people for his uh, economic policies and monetary policies at a time, you know, his views in the early 2000s, and many blame, you know, the crisis on him. But still, he, you know, he, he just called Trump insane. And I don't think, and I think that's a, you know, he said his policies are insane, the, the uh, tariff increases. Likewise, many, many educated people in the U.S., or certainly economists, have adopted the same idea. And yet, he has a man who doesn't listen, who thinks he's beyond any kind of advice. So he's a wild card. You have no idea what comes out of him next and what his, what his agenda is. I don't think anybody can read him. So, yes, it is, it, it, it's frightening when a person in that position 
takes advice from no one and believes that he's got the instinct and understanding to to run the country on his own or on his own instincts. Mm-hmm. And then you have a Malema who is a very, very shrewd politician. But I think his uh, knowledge of economics or business affairs, um, I think, uh, is, is highly questionable. David, on, on, on this note, I mean, you, you're more akin to South African politics than I am because yeah. I switch off, especially recently when it's become yeah. so aggressively noisy. I don't know what you mean by shrewd politician. What is a politician when it comes to Julius Malema? Oh. He's just a firebrand, and he's well, he, he knows how to play. He, the he knows crowd. how to play the crowd. I don't know if that's yeah. a, a political or not, but it's very, very dangerous. Totally, he knows how to play the crowd. He knows how to uh, what's the word endear himself to the vote. He knows what people are thinking, and he comes out with a rhetoric or. Uh, call it, you know, he's, he's a firebrand politician, and he comes out uh, giving a message that they want to hear without necessarily understanding what the consequences are. 